Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us today. FBI Director Christopher Wray back on Capitol Hill this week, testifying alongside the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Wray was asked about our southern border that's being overrun by millions of illegals from everywhere, it seems. But most importantly, he was asked specifically about terrorists infiltrating our southern border. Terrorists who mean to do great harm to America and Americans. Here is Congressman August Fluger of Texas grilling Ray and getting this rather chilling and absurd answer from the director of the FBI. Are there people that match the terror watch list that were apprehended by CBP that the FBI and other agencies are searching for in the United States? There are certainly individuals who are uh, the subject of terrorism investigations that we are searching for. Are there not there people... To me, I guess the distinction I'm drawing is, well, there's obviously a lot of focus on the watch list itself. One of the things that, and I've tried to be clear in my testimony here this morning, one of the areas that we are of concern is individuals who, once here, information later comes in. Are there people that you don't? Are there people you don't know where they are that the FBI is searching for today? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. Right from the mouth of the director of the FBI, there are terrorists, by the way, he should know right now who came through that border that the FBI is actually looking for. His answer is absolutely inexplicable. But no matter, he's the man in charge, and he's either lying to Congress or is so stupid, too stupid, to be in that job. President Trump's legal team has formally filed for a mistrial in his New York civil fraud case against the Trump Organization. In a 30-page filing, Trump's attorneys say Marxist judge Arthur Ingeron and clerk Allison Greenfield have tainted the proceedings with their hatred of President Trump. They said a mistrial is the only way to, quote, 
salvage what is left of the rule of law, end quote. In other legal news, Hunter Biden is back. He's looking now to subpoena President Trump and former Attorney General Bill Barr, claiming bias in his gun charge case. Hunter's attorneys asked the judge presiding over his criminal gun case to authorize subpoenas for President Trump, for the former Attorney General, and two other Trump administration officials. It seems Hunter, who has had a lifelong problem with accountability for himself, is now looking to pin the blame squarely for his criminality on others. Hunter this week with more bad news, House Oversight, Judiciary, and Ways and Means Committees subpoenaing Hollywood super attorney and Democrat donor Kevin Morris, who paid off Hunter Biden's tax debts. Morris reportedly loaned millions of dollars to Biden to help him pay back taxes and pay off his legal bills and China debt. And now, turning to our guests. Last year, in a politically motivated persecution, the FBI staged a guns-drawn raid of 40 Days for Life participant Mark Houck for exercising his pro-life free speech rights in front of a Philadelphia abortion facility, he and his 12-year-old son. Earlier this year, a federal jury handed the FBI and the Biden Department of Justice a humiliating defeat, exonerating Mark of all charges. Our guests today are pro-life activist Mark Houck and also the founder of the organization 40 Days for Life, Sean Carney. Mark and Sean with us to take up this fascinating story. I know it's a tough story for you, Mark. Let's start with your view of what happened that day and why. If you're talking about the incident that occurred back on October 13, 2021, right? Right. That's that's the day I was with my son in Philadelphia. And for 20 years, your audience should know I've been going every Wednesday to to pray in front of an abortion clinic in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, as part of 40 Days for Life and and being a part of those campaigns, you know, we were there all year. And so um, my son in 2021 was part of that experience with me. And uh, on that particular day, uh, my son was being harassed and badgered by a, a volunteer escort for Planned Parenthood. Now, of course, I've met this man. I've known this man for 20 years. My son knew this man. Um, nonetheless, he was very aggressive and uh, would not uh, relent uh, so much so that I had to get involved. There was a, a shove on the sidewalk of uh, Philadelphia, which was not a big deal in the state of Pennsylvania or in the city of Philadelphia, for that matter. Uh, happens every weekend at the Philadelphia Eagles game. But uh, nonetheless, um, I was put in a private criminal complaint, um, which was quickly dismissed by the PA state court um, in April of 2022. Five days later, Lou, I was served a target letter from the Department of Justice saying that I was a target of a federal grand jury investigation. And then, uh, of course, Dobbs is overturned uh, five months, six months later. Um, actually, it was only three months, three months later. But um, six months later, I was uh, raided at my home as a result of an indictment against the FACE Act. And, uh, of course, this, that raid was uh, international news and uh, put us into a trial where we were facing 11 years in prison, $350,000 in fines. And at that point, uh, you called in Sean, correct? 
Well, we have been working with um, 40 Days for Life and their legal team for uh, a while, even prior to when the first incident occurred that I mentioned, uh, you know, Matt Britton, who's uh, counsel for 40 Days for Life, was uh, was was there on, you know, with us to, to talk us through that. And then Thomas More Society got involved at the recommendation of 40 Days for Life. And Thomas More took over the uh, the legal battle uh, that was the federal case. But then uh, since the Catholic, that, or, the Catholic organization. Well, that's right. Well, yeah, they they more or less. But they uh, but since that uh, acquittal, uh, 40 Days for Life has has been involved in the uh, the lawsuit against the DOJ. Well, Sean, and what did you do? And uh, and as you're watching this unfold as the country, I guess the issue is, uh, as Mark said, the world, uh, this was just such an absurd story that this would move from a shove to keep a, a man from interfering with his 12-year-old son, uh, which it didn't sound like much of a shove. He just simply said, this is it. Uh, your reaction when you had the particulars? Yeah, I mean, it, th there's just nothing here. And and like Mark said, this is this is Philly. This is every Dallas Cowboy, Philadelphia Eagle, you know, game ever played ever, whether it's here or in Philly. Um Local police don't press charges. Local DA doesn't press charges. Uh, then it goes away. Mark gets this target letter from the DOJ and our lawyer and another lawyer write a letter to the DOJ as Mark's counsel saying, hey, he'll turn himself in. This is a big deal. That went ignored for months. And it was like, well, as the end of that, you know, they got busy. And then they showed up at his house at seven o'clock in the morning and and raided with with 20 um agents and and long guns and it's just like how did we get here and i think mark's case is is an extreme case that that frankly and sadly we've seen uh you know with 40 days for life because we hold peaceful vigils around the world that in and of its nature is controversial half the people clap and say way to go and half the people give you the middle finger and don't want you out there we we mm -hmm. understand that but we've never had a problem with the doj we've worked very closely and very well with them through through W, through Obama, through Trump, and even through the start of of Biden. And then, as Mark said, the overturning of Roe. At one point, Lou, we went through a stretch where we got one to two inquiries per week from the FBI at our different locations. And when I say inquiry, these are like stay at home moms or retired folks like on the street, just praying peacefully, law abiding and. The FBI wants to meet with them. They don't want them to have a lawyer. They ask them what they're doing. They just start asking questions. So it's one of the reasons we've expanded our legal arm. But this harassment and and the blatant bigotry we've seen from from what happened with with them targeting Catholics, the DOJ targeting Catholics, with the DOJ targeting pro-lifers, uh, which Mark is is the face of. There are many more. It, it's absurd. And, and I think what's really cool about Mark's story is they offered him a deal and on, you know, January 6th at 530 in the afternoon, many people would have taken that deal. He didn't because he knew that it, it would be hurtful for, for all Americans. Well, good for you. And, and Mark, your family, what it's been put through, uh, what you've been put through is to me, it is it's just stomach churning. Uh, because whether you're religious and that's the foundation of your belief in the right to life, uh, whether you are uh, just simply aware 
uh, of the demographics and the national interest and your own. Uh, and that's the foundation of your belief in the right to life. Uh, it all comes together. And there is a madness on the land, as far as I'm concerned, and I want to talk about this a bit, uh, where we have uh, we have seen such a callous and indifferent and, in my judgment, immoral and unethical and irrational uh, response in this uh, this fight between life uh, and, quote unquote, abortion rights, reproductive rights. Uh, it's to me, re reproductive rights is one of the strangest juxtapositions of words that I've ever heard. Uh, and I, I won't even bore you with military intelligence. The, the fact is that this country is now seeing something approaching, and these are at best estimates, but they're the most uh, apparently knowledgeable estimates, about 70 million abortions in this country. Uh, at the same time, concurrently from 73 till now, we're talking about approaching that number of illegal immigrants. We are talking about a different replacement theory. We are replacing the, the young lives uh, of these children with illegal immigrants from every culture, every belief system imaginable. And we wonder why we have a crisis in this country of both confidence and patriotism uh, and uh, a, a willingness to go back to the idea uh, that uh, e pluribus unum, uh, that we will assimilate our, immigration, our immigrants and we will be one people. We're far from it. Uh, I want to take that up when we come back, get your thoughts on all of that and what is driving uh, both, uh, both forces, the secular and uh, the religious uh, positions, uh, pro-right, pro-life. We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're back. We're talking with Mark Halk and Sean uh, Carney, and I, I just... I want to start, if I may, Mark, by saying that uh, your your resolve and your commitment to right to life uh, is, uh, I think, without question, uh, remarkable and certainly inspirational to us all. Give us a sense of what motivates you and what do you, you see motivate motivate others in the right to life movement. Sure. Well, again, uh, 20 years I've been at it and, um, you know, it's, it, it begins with faith initially. Um, it's, it's a question of faith uh, as it regards to, you know, duty 
and uh, and and justice, right? When we talk about the virtue of justice, we have a duty under God, and then we have a, a duty to our fellow man. And so, when we talk about the preborn child, of course, it's it's the greatest. Um, evil in our country, our world, when, when children are being uh, killed uh, without a voice. Um, so we have a primordial call there to to engage in that battle, to defend and speak up for those who can't. So, look, this is this is fundamental to the Judeo-Christian ethic where we, we would, you know, reach out and um, intervene and intercede and and um, and, and, and lay our lives down for those that, that, that need our, our help. It's right out of scripture, you know, rescue those who are being uh, dragged to the slaughter. So look, this is why we go. And this is why I go. And this is why I was taking my son and initiating my son, because I want him to go. I want him to go be a part of it. And of course, you know, we've been a part and Sean knows this as, as 40 days of life, hundreds of thousands of lives saved. And so once you, you know, you save a life, there's this, this deep desire to continue to do such and of course there's a great gift that is uh, to you when you've experienced that as as a human being so you know that's why i go that's why i feel called and and that's why i will continue to go no matter what even even um you know uh while they took that away from me during the trial i couldn't go to, to pray you know we can still do something we can still pray and fast and and do something even though we're not at the abortuary we can uh, we can continue to stay engaged that way and that word was obituary. <laughs> well said. And uh, we and let's go to Sean to to what drives your organization. Uh, and I I love the fact that you put uh, in your in your uh, title of your organization precisely what you mean. Uh, we do the same thing here when we talk about Great America. I don't want anybody to misunderstand where we stand. Uh, when it comes to the United States and to uh, uh, to all Americans, give us a sense of what you're experiencing. Are you experiencing growth? Is there enthusiasm uh, for uh, an awakening about the right to life uh, and the dark forces that motivate, in my judgment, uh, in my view, the other side of this uh, fundamental uh, division in our country? Yeah, uh, we are seeing huge growth, particularly since the overturning of Roe, and. Lou, I, what I'm assuming you're alluding to is we're in a weird place. I mean, Bill Clinton, when he ran for president after being a pro-life governor, they said, well, you have to be pro-abortion. So he came up with the unfortunately brilliant phrase of I want it to be safe, legal and rare. And everybody kind of fawned and he basically gave nice people permission to support abortion. Uh, that's a joke now. Yeah. I mean, just in the last two years, it really started with Cuomo lighting up the Empire State Building in 2019, when we basically started embracing infanticide with Governor Northam and, and Governor Cuomo. But once Roe was overturned, this pounding the table, uh, paying for employees to fly to have an abortion, uh, the FDA deregulating abortion pills, the military paying for for women to travel to have abortion, uh, abortion at 40 weeks, abortion like in Ohio, minor can have an abortion with no parental consent. Um, these things that would have been unheard of that Planned Parenthood wasn't talking about five years ago is just now this basic standard political position where we're going to deny health care to the baby girl who survives the abortion. This is unheard of, and I, I think it's really good for the pro-life movement, honestly, because so many on the left uh, had the comfort of Roe, uh, the blanket of Roe v. Wade. They didn't have to articulate it. And once that left, and it goes back to the states, and you have to talk about 
So you're recognized uh, under the Constitution in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, and you know 20 other states, but not in California, New York, or Illinois. And you know uh, we, you know, saw an increase in the number of 40 days for life cities in the U.S. We're in 1,600 cities in 64 countries, but the United States is is our largest presence, and we're based here, and we focus on the U.S. first. And the number of volunteers who came forward after the overturning of Roe was so encouraging. And and I know it doesn't seem that way, but I think we've even seen encouraging things politically. It doesn't look like that on the surface because we can't wait to hear this. (laughs) I'm going to talk you off the ledge, Lou. So, you know, the reality is that Roe's overturn. We had all these trigger laws that were just ready to go. Right. And as a result, the pro-life movement was far more prepared. So right now we have 23 states that are essentially abortion free or close to being uh, abortion free or they highly regulate abortion. That's since Roe fell. There's only been seven states, including Ohio. They were the seventh that have. uh, Implemented laws that protect abortion. Now you watch TV, you're like, you're crazy. It's not, it's not three to one. It's, 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 you know, 50 to one, the other direction. And that's just not the case. What is the case is what you're talking about, which is the rhetoric has gone insane. I think the Republicans have been useless in handling this issue. If we're going to talk about that, but, but as far as the grassroots where you have things like 40 days for life and you have these uh, network of pregnancy resource centers that outnumber abortion providers five to one, that grassroots work was done for decades leading into the overturning of Roe. And it's it's focused on on the, the woman because no one grows up wanting an abortion. No one grows up wanting to work in an abortion clinic either. And so when you focus on the hearts and minds, you know, we've closed uh, uh, over a uh, hundred and fifty abortion facilities, including the one where our headquarters is in, in Texas. Um this is market driven. We've closed five in, in Ohio. We've closed over a dozen in California. Our largest presence for these vigils is New York, New Jersey, California. Uh, the, the more liberal the places, the more we thrive. And, and I think that should be a sign of hope for people who think everybody just has their mind made up and, and it's there's no point in talking about it. You know, I, I want to talk to you, Mark, about the church, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, and how much support they give you, how big a deal is the right to life still with the catholic church because uh, as an outsider to the catholic church it seems to me that much has been eroded uh, that uh, that there has been a a, a wave of uh, uh, liberalism is the way i would describe it uh, in the church that uh, it is disheartening frankly uh, for those of us who are watching this this issue well, look, I, I run a nonprofit men's ministry, and just like Forty Days for Life, we are we are within the body of Christ, but but you know we're not we're not funded by the by the church. You know, the Forty Days for Life, the King's Men, my ministry, we're not you know we're not given funds, uh, and I don't want to speak for Sean, but you know we we run our own apostolate. We have that freedom. We have it gives us a lot of freedom as lay people to not be beholden to you know bureaucratic oversight and uh, and not have to have. Um, you know, some sort of um, 
leash on us. So that's the great news when you're fighting evil. You know, you want to be creative. You want to you want to have courage. And, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of moral courage, Lou, coming from the church in the United States. This is why Ohio uh, just caved to issue one, because the church got on board with it the last three months telling them, you know, don't. You know, don't vote for this. Say no to issue one. But you can't er erase 30 decades of silence. And unfortunately, Lou, the church has been very silent. Um, there's been some great champions, Fulton Sheen. There's been some John Paul, too. Right. Of course, great champions for life. But in the church, you know, the Catholics are primarily responsible for the culture of death, you know, with the largest denomination in the U.S. So in 1973, guess what? You know, we had the largest voice. And um, sadly, that that did really uh, equate to uh, stopping that. And of course, it continued to move And politicians that are in name only that would call themselves Catholic, even, you know, uh, Father Drinan, who served in Congress in Massachusetts, priest serving in Congress, voted for abortion laws, you know. So look, we, we've had a big mess, a big problem in, in the church in the United States. And, you know, it's in the presence of evil, I believe that uh, our silence will convict us on our judgment day. So thankfully, Sean and I are not their judges. Uh, you know, we have our own judges and we have to just fulfill that call of God in our lives. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it gives us a good sense. And I do think it also expresses at the same time uh, the complexities that are being dealt with in our society and whether it be with the Catholic Church, whether it be with uh, the role of some even evangelical leaders uh, who have stepped back rather than forward uh, on issues. Uh, we all want to bring a, a heart to it, uh, but we also have to bring rationality and uh, our our sense of what is fundamentally right or wrong, irrespective of where we get our value structure from. Uh, we're going to come right back to you, Sean, uh, and uh, get your thoughts. We're talking uh, with uh, two of the most extraordinary folks, in, in my opinion, uh, in the right to life movement in this country. Uh, and as we uh, have them here, that's also our way of saying thank you uh, to them and to their organizations. Uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. with Sean and Mark and uh, Sean I just said uh, at, we went to break uh, that I wanted to turn to you to get your sense of the political forces at work here uh, and exactly uh, your perspective uh, as a right to life leader um, about what our Congress is doing uh, what the evangelical churches are doing um, and what take uh, take if you will the temperature of the movement uh, and what is required to to make this uh, this movement uh, even more successful? Yeah, I I think a, a quick summary is that the people inside the pro life movement working at the grassroots were prepared for the overturning of Roe. Uh, the Republicans were not. <laughs> I get the sense that many uh, you know were sitting on their couch uh, that that June day in in 2022, and somebody ran in and said they overturned Roe, and you know the the Republicans were like. 
great, you know, because it, it's been a very faithful and loyal constituency. They haven't been able to articulate abortion. I get the sense that they're terrified it's going to come up. Uh, now you have these referendums like in Kansas and Ohio. I still think those are knee jerk reactions. Uh, I'm a pro-life leader. I, I would have needed three lawyers in Kansas to figure out, do I vote yes or no? I can't figure this thing out. Um, it was very confusing. They tied COVID in with, you know, you're going to have to wear a mask if you support it. It was just crazy. As it was crazy and confusing in Ohio, I like the idea of reversing it and pro-lifers doing referendums and setting the tone and also being the yes uh on the ballot i think that would be advantageous i think it would be aggressive the heartbeat bills that went through which were by the way invented in ohio they just couldn't pass it but the heartbeat bills that have spread across the country get wide support from liberal democrats because they always include especially here in texas a a uh, financial support for the women when they choose life. And you're just not going to find a Democrat in America that says, I will not give a single mother money from the government. You're, you're not going to find those. And we, well, have, you we hope not. We you hope not. Well, we'll we'd definitely find some. Who are we kidding? But it, it, it's an easy win. It, it's when the baby has a heartbeat, uh, you know, a, abortion is illegal. And I, I don't know why that's a great starting point. Obviously, we want no abortions. But uh, this whole notion of a 15 week ban is somehow that's going to motivate people. Number one, it won't convert anyone from being, you know, uh, supporting abortion to saying, oh, 15 weeks, the baby can't feel anything. I'm good. It's not going to win anybody over when they want it at 40 weeks. It's also not going to win pro-life people over who are you know, have the ultrasounds of their own kids at 15 weeks. So I, I think the strategy is wrong. But, Lou, honestly, it's just they're scurrying around. They don't know what to do. And, and when you do that, you you lose elections. You look at you look at the pro-life governors in 2022 who won handedly DeSantis, Abbott and Kemp. They all owned the life issue. They didn't apologize. They had heartbeat bills and uh, and they won. And so I think that that needs to be. Uh, you know, part of the strategy. And you have the evangelicals, you have the Catholics. And when you mentioned, of course, the moral authority of the Catholic Church has been so eroded. That's a perfect word. Uh, but not on this issue. Uh, I am shocked and I'm grateful. But 40 Days for Life is allowed in every diocese. We have never been kicked out of a diocese. And I don't care if you're selling snow cones and you're giving away barbecue. It's, you're going to get kicked out of a diocese. It's just play the numbers. That's the way it works. And and 40 Days for Life has been embraced uh, by, by the U.S. bishops. And I think we see these pockets, particularly in the South, where Catholicism is booming. Growing up in East Texas, living in Houston now, I've constantly hearing abortion addressed with love and with reason from the pulpit. I've never had a time in my life where I'm like, oh, the priests don't care or, or nobody has a moral backbone. I've been very spoiled as a Catholic. But when you look at young Catholics, the vocations in Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, the Carolinas, uh, Arkansas, Texas, uh, the, the vocations are going through the roof in the southern here's, part of the United States, and it's it's very encouraging. Here's here's a problem that I personally bothers me a lot, and that is the Republican Party. And I'm talking about nationally. I'm talking about on Capitol Hill, the Senate and the Congress are retreating from the right to life. Yes, they are retreating from abortion and the genius, the genius uh, savant uh, consultants are trying to instill just as much um, 
jelly in their spines as they possibly can by saying there are all these clever ways to be cute, nuanced, and by the way, push it to the periphery of conscious thought across the country. And that's what concerns me. The Republicans have the opportunity to be straightforward and honest about what is virtue and what is sin, what is right and what is wrong, and to be at the same time humanitarian and understanding these are human issues that we have to deal with intelligently, sensitively, uh, and effectively, uh, particularly with the young people who are most often uh, the victims of the uh, of both the the far left and its insistence on quote unquote re reproductive rights, uh, and uh, the churches and the forces of good in this, this country. They're trying to blur it all, obfuscate rather than clarify. When what we need is illumination, uh, we always give our guests the final word here, and I'm going to turn to each of you for. If you would, a, a few quick concluding thoughts. Uh, and let me start, if I may, Mark, with you. Sure. Well, just to build off what you're saying, you know, we need common sense and we need people uh, in both parties to, to be thinking about um, the dignity of the human person. And where I think the church gets it right is in the dignity of the human person. Well, maybe Sean and I might disagree on how the church has responded in the last 40 years. Um, the church is right on the life issue. Uh, the teachings of the church is right on the life issue. And so I think whether you're a politician, you know, community organizer or just dad at home, um, we need to just have that fundamental understanding that the dignity of the human person begins uh, at, at conception, right? At the moment of conception. And so, and everything flows from there. All decisions, Mother Teresa would have said this, Fulton Sheen would have said this, John Paul II would have said this, that everything uh, will flow from there. You will be right on these issues. If a politician is wrong, it's like, it's like a mother or a father of seven. I have seven children. I think Sean has eight children. Like, you know, if you're good to seven or six of them, but you beat one of them, does that make you a good father, or a good husband, a good, uh, a good mom or a good dad, uh, you know, mother? Of course not. Of course not. And that's just it. When it comes to this issue, if we get the life issue wrong, we're not going to be right on the other issues. It's just it's just not going to flow that way. So I think that that's what would be my my closing sentiment. Oh, thank you very much for that. Yeah. Uh, Sean. Yeah, I just want your listeners to be encouraged, you know, and, and Mark and, and I are, are Mark's family is suing the DOJ, you know, to protect all Americans. And we need to keep perspective. Um, and when it comes to the life issue, we've only done this one other time. We've only had the Supreme Court dehumanize a segment of our entire population uh, one other time. And that was Dred Scott, where they dehumanized blacks. And then the second time was was Roe v. Wade, uh, where they dehumanized the unborn. And we didn't vote on this. Women didn't vote on this. None of us voted on this. This was an all-male Supreme Court that gave us Roe v. Wade that was stuck in 1973 science. And I think politically moving forward, we need to be proud of our Supreme Court for dragging us out of this 1973 science. Why did they overturn Roe? You know, ask people, have they ever read Alito's opinion? It is a beautiful uh, modern document that shows how barbaric Roe v. Wade was. And these people, uh, history is a harsh judge, as we saw in 2020. Um, and 
we need to be on the right side of history with this. So, uh, you know, as bad as things are, are getting politically when it comes to abortion, I think the long game is one of hope. I think it's one that we will win because of science and because of common sense. And and I think in the end, uh, that will win out over time. God help us make it so. Uh, we appreciate all that you're both of you are doing. Uh, Mark, Sean, uh, we appreciate you sharing your thoughts with this audience. I hope you will come back and do so uh, many times again as we focus on this issue uh, from now on on this uh, on this uh, great America show. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us. God bless you. Thanks. Thank you. God bless. Thanks to Mark and Sean. Thanks for everybody working for the right for life. And thank you, everybody, for being here today. Please join us here tomorrow, each and every day. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight, and check out LouDobbs.com. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.